Okay, and we're live. Today we are with um, Kristen, I believe. Um, hopefully uh, I'm not saying that incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> no, you got it. And she is a nature and wildlife photographer to some degree. So uh, why don't you just go ahead and explain to the people listening is uh, who you are and what it is that you do. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Kristen Hevener, and uh, yeah, it's about right. So uh, my primary interest started with uh, birding. So I started in about April-ish of 2020 during the pandemic, you know, hobby to get me outside and whatnot. And um, yeah, I started with taking pictures of birds. And um, over that time, so this past summer, I moved up to the Northwest Territories and um, kind of expanded, I guess, my photography from there. So not just birding, but other wildlife and stuff. Um, uh, landscapes and northern lights is something that I've definitely uh, really taken an enjoyment to and been doing a lot more of that as well. So, yeah. So when you first got into birding, what what kind of pictures were you really aiming to get? So w I do I do a bit of photography. I, I'm dog water at it. I'm absolutely horrible. So when I, <laughs> So when I look at profiles like yours and other people's and I see these really good images I'm always like damn like getting the feathers in a certain way the way that they're spread or getting them like capturing like a fish or like some sort of other animal like hunting I think that's always what I'm trying to get is that like similar to what you're trying to achieve as well Absolutely. I guess my like biggest kind of thing is to try to catch some of those like natural behaviors and whatnot. So yeah, whether it's uh, like a bird of prey catching them hunting. So like I, I did catch one shot um, of an osprey um, diving down underneath the water. Their hunting technique is pretty fascinating. So diving to the water and coming up with a fish and um, you know other birds like foraging for insects and such like that. So to yeah, try I guess capture them in a way that it just shows their natural behaviors and like a natural habitat and yeah I guess that's probably my my goal with that and capturing birds and wildlife yeah I find birding to be some of the hardest for I feel like they somehow know I'm trying to like take a picture of them or like oh, they're yeah. super skeptical <laughs> like I'll have the camera out and I'll be like far away and maybe like somewhere off the side of the road where I know there's like a good nest or something you know yeah. And they're just like, fuck that guy. Like, he's watching me. <laughs> like, he, he knows. Like, they think it's a gun or something. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> so true. It's so funny because, like, the amount of times that, like, I'll go out searching. So, like, bring my camera out. I'll go searching for birds or other wildlife or something like that. And, like, you, you get nothing. And it's, like, as soon as you go out without your camera, then you get the best views and the best species that, that come up. But, yeah, it's so challenging. It's, oh, the biggest... It's been the biggest test of patience, honestly, I think, like in my lifetime, birding and photography and birding combined. It's, yeah, yeah. it's such a challenge. <laughs> all the times I never have my camera with me is all the times I see the most incredible things. And that's sort of what yep. got me into photography was I was just sort of an outdoorsy person. I was always out and I was seeing these amazing sunsets or these like, you know, the sky would just look beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, I would see, like, animals, and, like, no one would really believe me. I had, like, my cell phone with me or whatever, try to take a picture, but it doesn't do it justice to the same degree. Oh, never. So, and there's not the same kind of zoom and all that kind of stuff. So, um, when, like, I remember one time I was just driving home after, like, a night shift at work, and I saw this, like, big tree, and all these turkey vultures had just somehow, like, 
on this haunted looking tree and they all just kind of like sat on this tree together like gathered for the i don't even know why they would they're like in a flock or i guess it's like a murder and i was like that would be an amazing photo and something like this i don't know how often this happens but like it's the perfect tree the perfect kind of like bird and they're all and there's like no one else is ever going to witness this and i can't get a picture of it it was just like, oh, like <laughs> it was just literally like the that. worst yeah the worst um yeah i still thought it was one of the cool like things i've ever seen but um yeah um when you uh go out what kind of what's your favorite animal to like look for what are you looking for primarily uh since moving up here the foxes have definitely been um you know one of those like targets that i really look for so um i've seen one uh the one photo that i had got up here so the first time that i saw a fox it was coming kind of towards the end of summer and it was like just down the road from my house and i was so excited because it was so close and from that moment so i want to say i have to go back and look at the photo i want to say it was probably like september or something like that and from September until about two weeks ago, I never caught another photo of one. It was like every single time I saw a fox, it was I was driving down the highway and, you know, couldn't get my camera ready in time or didn't yeah. have my camera, of course, again, yeah. as we're talking about. They're elusive. Uh, they are. And then ended up finding three of them in the same spot just, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And I uh, was fortunate enough to be able to kind of sneak in and just like sit down basically in the ditch on the side of the road. Ended up sitting with them for like 20 minutes and watching them play oh, awesome. and, and whatnot. It was amazing. So, yeah, that's I love photographing them because I find them so playful and so fun. And any opportunity that I can get to to sit and photograph one absolutely i'll take it so. <laughs> i got a couple of fox lures i could share with you i was out camping oh. with a group of my friends uh earlier this summer and we were just sitting at the campsite kind of like fooling around and i always have my camera with me and stuff but it's usually maybe it's in the car or like off to the side and yeah. this fox came trotting down the path like kind of right next to our campsite and it had a chipmunk in its mouth and i was like no oh. way and i was just like oh fuck because <laughs> and this was like after lockdown so like a lot of the campgrounds had been closed for like a long period of time so the yeah. animals had kind of basically taken over and this was the first time people were allowed back and then uh it put down the chipmunk onto the path like it was already it was already dead and yeah. then it, it went into the bush beside our campsite and it started like actively hunting all these other chipmunks and he wow. had basically like one shot he did his like little jump thing that they do uh he he sh he missed the shot though and they all scurried up the trees and they all started doing like their alarm sounds when they're like all like chirping and then he oh, knew yeah. he knew he had fucked up and he was just done he was just like okay they're not coming back down he went back to the road picked up his like first chipmunk and then just carried on to the next like path and i was just like wow i tried getting a shot of that and i tried getting like video of it but it was just like it was too amazing to like stop and like like i had to like watch it more than like record it i don't know oh, it was, like, one of those things. and then um Another thing is I have a I have a friend named Sean and he he lives up in uh, the Yukon, so okay. you know sort of just over a couple provinces from you or one from you, and yep. then um, he they have this they have like this thing where it's called the Fox Depot. So his neighborhood is plagued. I wouldn't say plagued, but like there's a lot of foxes. So okay. if the, if their kids leave out like objects, toys, socks, shoes, all this kind of thing, the foxes are like mischievous and they'll come along and they'll scoop it up and they'll you know randomly take it to like someone else's property they so, totally do yeah <laughs> so so the the community started this thing called the fox depot which is basically like a big loss and found on like an open plot of land where people can just go and take all the objects that they found on their property that aren't theirs and it just like they return them so <laughs> if you have something that's missing you go there and you're like oh there's my kid's doll there's like this there's that 
And yeah. it's, it's just, I found that that was a really cool, like heartwarming story because it's kind of like a way people are um, living in harmony with nature as opposed to like, oh, okay, the foxes are a problem. We have to exterminate them. We should get like hunting or whatever it is, put down poison. So, oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. I but. love that. Yeah, no, I like, so we actually, cause we back onto um, a lake where we are and um, we had some toys and stuff out back for the kids. And uh, anyways, the one day, so it was just after like the ice froze over and there's like a little bit of snow on the ground and I was kind of walking around and I was like, that looks like our red ball out on the lake. So sure enough, <laughs> I walked down there and you can see all the fox prints around it. And they took the ball from like the backyard down to the lake and they were playing on it with it on the frozen ice and i was like that is so much fun like i'm not even mad because that's pretty cute <laughs> yeah foxes are yeah. weird because they're like super like apprehensive but they're also like super playful and i've seen it like countless times where they'll be like photographers like i'll see it on instagram like there'll be photographers just kind of like you know laying down in like prone position like trying to get like different shots and stuff but then the foxes out of curiosity will kind of like come up to them yeah and, like start like laying on them or trying to play with them and it's kind of like huh like they're apprehensive so cool. but also like oddly sort of friendly curious yeah, curious, yeah yeah oh absolutely i know so like yellow knife is just down the road from us uh it's about an hour and 15 minutes away and i know there's so kind of like the same thing like your friend's story there in the yukon like there's so many people around that the foxes have almost kind of become accustomed to them there i think so they're a little bit less shy so i know there's um, a few photographers and stuff that I follow there that have posted photos where it's like, yeah, like I just sat down and it just kept coming closer to me because it was so curious. And yeah, I think it's so interesting. And yeah, I love when people can live in harmony with wildlife and, yeah. you know, share, share the space, right? Do you have, yeah, exactly. Do you have any like good stories from times you went out to try to get shots or anything like that? Or like any kind of like maybe stressful or close calls or... Uh, nothing like close call wise, but like one of my most memorable experiences I had was over the summer. So, um, <laughs> kind of funny, one of my favorite places to hang out in the summer to go birding is actually at the sewage lagoon, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't smell that bad. <laughs> if it's cold out, probably not, but on a hot day, it's probably not the best place to be. Oh yeah. Like baking poo in this sewage mm -hmm. lagoon. <laughs> But yeah, there's tons of like shorebirds and like warblers and whatnot that hang out there. So anyways, this one day in the summertime, I was sitting um, at the edge of the sewage lagoon watching a couple ducks in the, uh, the we'll just say pond because it sounds a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of ducks hanging out in the pond. And as I'm sitting, so I was standing like perfectly still on the path and just like watching them, taking photos of them. And then sure enough heard this like scurrying and I look over like down to my right and there's this mink that was like a foot and a half away from me and of course it startled me like I didn't expect it to be there it's the first mink I'd ever seen in my life and so I was like holy crap so then ended up kneeling down and it, it took off for a second because you know obviously my fast movements and um, anyways, kneel down and it ended up coming back right towards me to come check me out again. So I ended up getting a photo of it, like basically straight head on as it was like coming right back for me. And it was so interesting to see because I, again, one had never seen a mink before in my life and to have one that's like, Hey, what's this like, you know, person doing here? And just that curiosity. It was so, so cool. I absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah, I love them. They're, they're cute as hell, too. They're like oh, one of the cutest are. things I've ever seen. I, I love running into them or like otters. 
Yeah. Fish, fishers are a little less appealing, but they're still kind of cute in their own way. Yeah, a, l- <laughs> a little bigger, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love like anything that's part of the. So like, there's like the weasels, and yeah, like Ning Fisher, um, Martins, stuff like that. They're yeah. they're so interesting. Yeah, yeah, they're they're <laughs> playful, and you get them doing a bunch of cool things. So those yeah. are great ones. Have you ever been to like any national parks like Banff or Yellowstone? Uh, never to Yellowstone, but um, I was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta. So I oh. uh, spent a lot of time in Jasper growing up. So Jasper National Park and then going down to Banff and stuff as well. And then um, east of Edmonton, of course, is Elk Island. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been to Elk Island a, a handful of times and whatnot. And then um, I guess basically it for like Alberta. And then well, I think that might be the most of it. Maybe a couple out east while traveling but like the most memorable ones of course like jasper yeah and the rockies there yeah are you you, so that was before you took up photography though right that's correct yeah so So are are you looking forward to like ever going back there maybe and like i don't know getting some like side photography in as you're vacationing or something oh absolutely so um i got a few so just as i was kind of starting to get into it um had done a trip down to Banff and got a couple photos down there but it's funny like since I actually started you know dabbling more in photography and like developing some of those skills and whatnot and especially on Instagram seeing some of the people that have photos like in the in the Rockies and some of their photos it's like oh man like I wish I could have got something like that when I was there oh yeah I gotta go back and and do that shot you get the double of like not only the wildlife but also the landscape in some cases so it's like this epic photo I, oh, I kind of so feel true. like sometimes it's cheating out there though because it's so there's so many animals you know it's kind of like it's almost yeah. like they're like semi-domesticated I'm like is this cheating I don't know if this <laughs> is cheating like they're still wild and yeah <laughs> like does it no, count I totally get it yeah. like I don't know because like, some of them are like even like collared and stuff like that with for like uh oh like it, bears and stuff yeah and, even like uh yeah. the ones that they're just studying so some and I feel like when I get like video or like photo of those it's like yeah. somehow less like I don't know, like, what would yeah. be the word? Like, it's like not gratifying. as good. Yeah, it's not yeah. as gratifying. It's like it's already been like conquered by somebody. It's like it's being tracked. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's you're a f- like some of those, some of the animals you find and photograph. Like, if it's not a colored animal, you're like, hmm, I wonder if this is the first time this animal's been photographed. Like, it's me that's the first person that's like found this. But yeah, to have it like colored, you're like, yeah, I know someone's caught you already and knows where you are and where yeah. you're going. I've even yeah. had that happen with like snow geese and stuff. I've seen them like lift up their feathers and I see like a tag on it that says like 42 or something. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm like, dang. Like, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah. There's like uh, there's some controversies too when it comes to um, or criticisms when it comes to like wildlife photography and I guess some of that is baiting. Another thing yep. is like I didn't even really realize this until like further down the road, but people will try to find ways to like radio track uh, animals as well. So some of these oh, like goodness. grizzlies and stuff that are collared in the parks and they've banned it. They've banned this stuff since, but they would have stuff that could like track the uh, radio collars. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, you so did. you would have so for a while there before they banned it. I guess they had. I guess there was a reason why they banned it. It's probably too many people were doing it and also sure. putting themselves into like some sort of jeopardy, right? If you're dealing with a large uh, predator. But, oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So they were tracking like the radio colors of like these large bears or maybe even like you know elk with like calves and like all these different things, 
And so they had to put a stop to that. And I was just like, wow, man, people went to lengths to get like photo shots. Of oh, things. absolutely. And I've seen that. I know um, very recently there's a, a group of photographers that I follow out of Ontario. And I guess there was um, a, so a Northern Sawit owl that ended up eventually and ended up getting taken to like a wildlife rehabilitation center there in Ontario. But essentially like, the backstory of it is it became quite this famous owl for the area and it's like oh everyone would tell their friends and they tell their friends post the location on social media and then there'd be more and more people that would go and um anyways yeah it almost led essentially to the demise of this owl and when it comes to some of those more vulnerable species i guess or or ones that like bears as well that people consider i guess more of those like desirable ones to photograph there are some people that ethically don't really care what it takes to get that shot and that's something that like for me taking photos of wildlife like i pride myself in saying that none of the animals that i photograph are baited um i don't use so like with birding there's people that will actually pull up uh like the songs and the calls of that bird to oh, draw out shit. yeah to try draw out that bird and get like a clear view of it and yeah i am all against that because honestly at the end of the day the um well-being of the animals should come like first and foremost above absolutely anything and i've had times like there's one shot that i got of a Tennessee warbler I stood in the same spot almost essentially perfectly still for an hour and a half to get that <laughs> shot and, like that is like the epitome of like patience and, and testing like yeah. limits yeah right but I feel like at the end of the day it makes that going back to the like gratification of a shot the fact that like you sat there and you waited for that animal to come out and you found it you happened to cross it and captured it ethically I feel like adds to like the gratification of that shot you know what i mean yeah so yeah i think some people just don't understand like um like the detriment you're doing like they think okay feeding it you can make the argument that okay you're making it dependent on people or maybe that food yeah. may not be the best for it it's not natural for it it could be some level of toxic to it and then they probably think oh like the bird calls and stuff like that there's nothing wrong with that well yeah. you i feel like you know maybe you're forcing that animal to get into like heat or reproductive mode or expending yep. needless calories that is trying to reserve to either stay warm in cold weather or Absolutely. you know or to defend itself from predators or for it could be using on prey so it's kind of like yep. yeah there's stuff you're actually doing that is detrimental by using these calls you know you're confusing it or maybe drawing it away from an actual mate and it's pursuing this weird call instead yeah yeah so you might be affecting its reproduction habits so there's there's a whole bunch of things you could you know we could doubt like kind of like touch on to say like you know you shouldn't do you shouldn't do and yeah. I, I totally agree like you know and you get like a better connection with like nature you could look at it almost on like sort of like a mystical or like a spiritual way like you had this connection with wildlife in of a natural course. in a natural way it wasn't forced it wasn't like you know yep. corrupted with like this like human nature aspect of it it was like it was just you and nature one-on-one -on -one with like this patience and fate sort of just brought it in. It was just like, oh, it, you know what I mean? And there's something more, I don't know. There's something more important to like me as an individual when that happens, as opposed to like, okay, I got this shot. Now I'm going to use it to get a, like likes on Instagram, or maybe I'm going to submit it to like a contest or something. And it's kind of like, you know, yeah. are, are you in this, are you in this hobby for the right reasons? Are you doing it to, um push people in the right direction to like respect nature and revere it and 
you know yeah. conservation efforts and so on and so forth so i feel like you know people like you it, it you're very good for um the conservation efforts and wildlife and, and education and like you know all that kind of stuff because it gets people interested in like biology and all that kind of different stuff Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's, you know, part of it too is so like coming back, some people might not know, especially so like playing bird calls back, like they might not think that has any impact on like a bird's natural behaviors or anything like that. But for somebody who does know to be able to educate people in, you know, like a, a level kind of way, like obviously not to talk down on somebody, but to, yeah, like educate them and like let them know about like ethical practices and whatnot and the, you know, the satisfaction that you get from actually exactly like you say like spending that time with nature and letting kind of fate do its thing and letting the animals do its thing it's yeah it's much more valuable i think to have that and no yeah i absolutely agree with you yeah, yeah. I, I mean i've seen a bunch of different like uh <laughs> like comf like conservation kind of like there's people that are like all over the spectrum there's people that are like very hard they're like oh you shouldn't even have bird feeders in your backyard i'm not sure if i necessarily agree with that but oh, you know it's, <laughs> but it's like I've seen people get upset about people that take like rocks as souvenirs and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't have an opinion otherwise, cause I don't know, maybe it's over my head, but, uh, <laughs> I, but it started, it almost kind of came across as silly, but you know, maybe they have a point. And it was, it was funny because like, I was like, okay, well, how does a rock, like, like a little stone, they're like, that could be a salamander's home. And when I oh, read man. that, I said, I like died laugh. Like I died laughing, <laughs> but I'm like, it's kind of true. Like maybe it is like, it could live under the rock. Uh, That's so it's, true, I guess, so, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's like, it's like leave no trace. I'm like, I guess that's, I guess there's actually what they mean is like leave like zero trace because you can yeah. make an argument for like anything in nature, right? So it's just like, it's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess. Like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of it to that extreme, I guess. But like, <laughs> now that you mention it, now every time I go out in the summer, it's like, maybe I shouldn't pick this flower because maybe it's like a spider's home or something. Yeah, it's a spider's home. <laughs> Don't drink the water. It's a fish's, fish's home. <laughs> Like, exactly. I don't know. It, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Some of the uh, there's like online rivalries between people that build um, I guess they're called like a nook shooks or cairns. And oh, it's just basically right, like right. rock stacks, and there's like people that hate them, and they just like want to knock them all down. And then there's people that are just like, no, like it's a, it's a thing. Like it's you know whatever. And oh, I don't know. So I love seeing those two like communities kind of like beef it out on reddit or whatever it is like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess you'll have that with like when it comes to like any topic right you'll have some of the ones that are i guess kind of like extreme on one side and extreme on the other and then there's people yeah. in the middle and yeah. Yeah. it's all about balance right we have to strike a oh, balance with nature because we're kind of a part of it too right Absolutely. we like to think of ourselves as separate but you know we're all sharing the same planet we're all we're yeah. all earthlings we're all born and bred here so yep yeah, again, going back to those foxes in the Yukon, same thing. Like, you're sharing the same place with them, and, you know, you got to try to do your best to cohabitate with each other. And um, I actually volunteer for so the Alberta Institute for Wildlife Conservation. Uh, awesome. So I'm a, like, hotline volunteer for them. So basically, if, if somebody calls and they have questions relating to, like, injured or orphaned wildlife or um, what some would call, like, nuisance wildlife, like, like, I help give information or facilitate the animal being, like, brought into the facility and, like, that kind of thing. So um in talking about like living harmoniously and stuff with them some of the common ones that you get are um like skunks living under people's porches or um yeah coyotes or foxes or things like that and it's trying to you know educate people that you know sometimes the best possible practice is to leave them where they are let them do their thing don't bother them and they actually like they all have a purpose here too like 
believe it or not, skunks are actually great pest controls. They eat yeah, the so many yeah, so many insects and and stuff like that throughout the year. Like they're great to have around. So yeah, trying to kind of educate people on that and trying to live and and you know as harmoniously as possible. Yeah, consider a skunk like free lawn care. You don't need pesticides as much. You know, they'll come and exactly. take those grubs out of the lawn. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Rabbit's a different story, though. They might destroy your flower garden. <laughs> That's true. Deer as well. I know people, uh, the whole gardens have been destroyed by deer. <laughs> so I've basically gave, given up on, like, front gardens and stuff like that because I have, like, a forest kind of, like, across the street from me. Okay. Uh, and um, basically, so what I've done is now I just plant wildflowers. And they're basically, like, native plants or native flowers. And I just, I just completely drench the soil in these seeds. And then I yeah. just got like this crazy wildflower garden. I figure, okay, this is good for pollinators, like these butterflies, bees, and oh, hummingbirds. The they're all going to yeah. they're all going to benefit from this. So it's kind of like, and it looks half pretty. It blooms like twice a year, but the rabbits Aww. love it, and the rabbits will always come and like eat it. And I'm like, well, because it's so cheap to maintain, and they're pretty like you know, since they're like a, like a native species, they don't really struggle that hard. Yeah, they're, they're pretty successful. So it doesn't matter if a few rabbits come and like mess it up and stuff. But they love like sleeping in my garden now. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm making my making my gardens and stuff, you know, hom- hormo- more harmonious with nature instead of like, I don't know, hating the rabbits. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yeah. yeah. And too, it's, you know, saving you money from going and buying like a ton of other flowers and whatnot and planting. It was nice to just sow some natural seeds and yeah, have some wildflowers pop up. <laughs> yeah, I got kind of eccentric and I decided to redo my lawn in the backyard because I figure no one's really going to see it but me anyway. But uh, I did clover yeah. instead of grass seed. So now it's just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Clover's nice. not bad. If you look it up on Google, like Google Images, it sounds kind of crazy. But if you look up like Google or uh, clover lawns, they're, yeah. some of them look pretty immaculate and they're not too bad. And they also flower. So that also helps pollinators as yeah, well. That's true. Little, little. And it's also way more durable doesn't require as much water it's really good for the soil because they're they produce a lot of nitrogen and oh, nice. and they germinate and they seed so it's like it's pretty invasive though so it's kind of like when you make that decision it's kind of like uh you gotta commit yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's better on your water bill they're not as thirsty as grass so oh that's nice yeah it's, it sucks <laughs> To, I mean, here we don't have a lot of grass. There's like, you know, little patches, but it's mostly just rock where we are. Rock but like when we were lichens in Alberta, and essentially, yeah. Um, but yeah, like in Alberta, obviously being kind of more of a suburban neighborhood and whatnot, you've got your lawns, so you're out there mowing and you're watering in the evening. And yeah, it's a lot of, uh, I guess, water consumption and whatnot. And it's, uh, yeah, sometimes nice to just, I think clover, because it's so green too. So yeah, I'm sure that... Yeah, it looks beautiful as long as it's like well maintained and manicured. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is is there like a animal right now that you're hoping to get a picture of or footage of, like in the relative future? Like for me, I think my bucket list is probably a wolverine. It's probably yeah. Up there. Yeah, Wolverine is on mine and Wolf as well. So there's a spot um, basically just down the road from me. So it's called Russell Lake. And um, I go out there quite frequently, like more in the summer. But um, I do go out there in the winter as well. And I have over the very uh, recent weeks here seen quite a few wolf tracks. And so it's on my to-do list to eventually here get a trail cam and set it up there and see if I can spot one. Because they're out mostly at night, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that would be that would definitely be one of mine. Um, I know there's a handful of people here that have said that they've seen. I, it's funny, I just had this conversation uh, yesterday. So a few people that have said that they've seen a Wolverine around, and so I was like, oh my goodness, like I would love to get a shot of a Wolverine, <laughs> like especially yeah, knowing like how elusive they are and solitary, and they're like typically in pretty uninhabited areas, and yeah. I'm like, oh man, that would be just like one of those shots it would make somebody so envious so many people so envious (laughs) to get that photo and so um yesterday driving to yellow knife for groceries ended up seeing um a fox so it was one of the cross fox colors so it's kind of that like the black and the red kind of like mixed together and i was like yeah and so it's the same area that um this uh supposed wilder wolverine has been observed and so i was sitting there thinking to myself i'm like i wonder if what everybody thinks they're seeing as this wolverine is actually yeah this fox because you think like looking at the colors of their coat are probably like relatively similar so i don't know it's it's got me wondering and unless i get like footage of one on a trail cam or see one for myself i'm a bit skeptical of it but you know you're holding out for yeah absolutely that'd be amazing this this wolverine's gonna be yellow uh, yellow knives bigfoot it's like yeah right Uh, yeah, uh, with wolves, I've there's not too many in my area, but there are some sometimes. And the problem with trying to find them is that they have very long sort of like these like routes that they travel, and you don't really yeah. know if when and how they're going to be in your area. And they basically have like a loop that they do that's like kilometers and kilometers long. And I remember one day I was driving home and down a side road, I was like, oh, there's like a coyote running down the road. And then as I got closer to it, I drove up right beside it and its fur was much longer and it was much taller oh. than a coyote. And I just looked at it, I'm like, oh, that's a wolf. Oh my goodness. And it was a beautiful wolf. Like this one was not struggling to find food at all. Like it was like healthy. And I was just like, damn, dude. Wow. It was like 3 a.m. though. It was like the middle of the night, like winter. And it was just, you know, going down this road, I guess, because it was like easier to run in than the deep snow, but. Makes sense. Energy yeah. conservation, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be so cool. I know there's been a handful because, like, I'm on a a part of, like, a bunch of different Facebook groups up here. And um, there's been a handful, like, across the territory that have been spotted, like, on the roads and whatnot. And there was one, actually, um, over towards the end of fall that there's a few people that have said that they saw, like, a lone wolf kind of hanging out around... uh, the bay and whatnot here and yeah I never got lucky enough to see it but there was a friend of ours that had said um had gone home for Christmas that like to Alberta and while we were gone a friend texted me and said oh yeah there's a wolf just like hanging out on the ice right behind your house and I'm like of course that would happen <laughs> while I'm not there like that's just the epitome of my luck but uh yeah no I would love love to to end up seeing one but I mean hopefully it's under the right circumstances. <laughs> Did you hear, ever hear that story? I think it was like maybe a year or two ago where there was like this lone wolf that lived on uh, like an island in like near Victoria, somewhere in BC. Oh no. Oh, there's this really cool story. It, someone, someone, some jerk killed it, but basically oh. like it even had a name and everything. And it was, I think there's even like a documentary based off of it as well. As well. And it was basically this wolf that lived on this island and it shouldn't have really been there it just seems like it was like a lone wolf and yeah. people just documented its behavior and they got like a bunch of stuff that this this thing was eating eggs off of like geese it was like stealing wow. like all this like preying on like seals and stuff like that and it's like i don't know it was super sad when it died but um 
it's like it's like I don't know. It's like this weird like. When it's almost like it, it almost gained like legendary status. This wolf. There's like, I think there's like a documentary yeah. on Netflix about it. I can't remember what it what it's called though. And then uh, going I'll back to uh, going back to like the conservation of like uh, there was a story. I think it was like a couple year back. A couple years back, it was out of BC where a conservation officer, basically there was a bear that was eating garbage. So yeah. the directive at that point is basically basically they euthanize the bear because now it's going to like always eat garbage or I guess that's like the a bit shoot. Yeah. yeah. And it had two cubs with it. Now, according to the reports, that the cubs didn't eat any of the garbage, or they weren't yeah. witnessing it, but the order still came down that you have to euthanize the cubs as well i but, think i heard this story yeah, yeah but then he refused yeah. to and they terminated him right. and they fired him and it was like a big like court case ordeal and all that stuff yeah what, what a position I... oh like yeah, ethically sorry yeah it's a position to be in and you're like what do i do like these cubs are you know probably rehabilitatable right and maybe i don't know like there's yeah it's a controversial debate right and i was just like oh i don't know if i would have it in me to euthanize cubs though you know that's kind of like a uh, no you know, kidding yeah that's like, the I, thing it's like i go ahead <laughs> so, yeah like um it'd be a tough decision right it's kind of like oh the evidence doesn't support it but i guess they did watch the mom eating it and it's like where do you bring the cubs do you just leave them to fend for themselves or do you bring them to like a wildlife refuge and if they go to the refuge like are they ever going to be redeemable like i don't know it's just sort of like that yeah absolutely tough call and like tough position to be in i know um for sure there's a like wildlife rehab i know they they deal with other wildlife but like particularly um bears i think is their kind of like specialty and so that's um northern lights um wildlife at a yes smithers bc and so they often take in bears from all over the province and bring them in and if they um you know over they got over winter there and or like bring them back up to health and then they'll release them back to the wild and and that kind of thing so like to yeah be in that position and basically be told that oh yeah you got to kill these cubs knowing that there are you know these centers that might be able to rehabilitate them or just you know how that comes down to like your own morals like i have a background in um enforcement so like i was a peace officer for about 40 years and like my passion is in the like biology field and whatnot so i would love in my five-year plan to go back to school to pursue a career in that field and i so, would love to as well it's just so yeah. difficult when you're once you're older absolutely it's something yeah it's like into. <laughs> it's such there's so many more factors that you know kind of come into it with like going back to school at that point and uh, but yeah so like i've thought about blending those um two things together so that um previous uh i guess enforcement experience and then as well as like my love for wildlife and conservation and that kind of thing but then you think about situations like that and putting yourself in those shoes and you're like okay well if it came down to it could i make that call or, or would i make the the same decision that he did and then lose my job over that or how yeah i don't know that'd be hard <laughs> yeah it might be a hard one uh yeah. so i we're getting close to i think uh we're at like the half an hour mark. I don't know how long you wanted Sounds to go, good. but- uh, Whatever works for you. Okay, uh, do you have any like stories or anything you really want to share or get out before uh, we uh, wind it down? Oh man, do uh, you have any topics to <laughs> start off prompt me with? Uh, <sighs> I don't know, like uh, where can, uh, do you have, do you, are you selling prints or anything like that? 
Um, not at the moment. Um, I was just talking to a fellow photographer, um, asking, you know, kind of companies and whatnot to go to that do good print qualities. I uh, won't say company name that I ordered, but I ordered from like a bigger company, I guess, and got the, the print in and it had basically like horizontal print lines. It was one of my Northern Lights photos. Horrible. Yeah, and it had like the horizontal print lines throughout the entire thing. And I'm like, I like just, I can't, I am <laughs> so upset that like the quality of this photo has been like downgraded so bad by this print that like I literally cannot hang it on my wall. So I ended up tossing it. It was like an 11 by 14 photo. So. Dang kind of crappy but um it's in my like for 2022 definitely on my to-do list to kind of start up a website or do like a print on demand kind of thing as people order and just try to figure out the logistics of that but yeah it's expensive it gets expensive i looked into like having like my own printer as like a as like a studio okay and yeah tens of thousands to get like yeah like an industrial sort of like level like printer where you can do like large prints and stuff like that Wow. I, was just, I was just like, yeah, maybe that's not an option right now. So <laughs> you gotta but, pitch it out there to other people and be like, hey, pay me to print your stuff. Can I like yeah. recoup some of that money too? So or like an actual like business loan if you needed to do that. But it all depends on no like kidding. how serious you are about it. I mean, yeah. but you can do what you're doing. Like you just go and get like a really nice uh, company to do it for you. Yeah, I think that's probably the, <laughs> the route I'll stick with and just, you know, kind of do some orders and stuff here and there. And yeah, still try to figure out the logistics of I am by no means a like marketing or like business kind of person. So I'm like, I don't know even where to start with like navigating this. <laughs> yeah. And then one day yeah. you just get one of those like epic shots that go viral that everyone wants to buy one from you. And then, yeah, <laughs> I've had a couple people for like a few of my photos that are like, Oh, if you ever do, like, I would love to get this. So like I have one bison shot, which is funny because like, there's so many people that are like, oh, I love that shot. And I sit there and I just nitpick it. And I guess like, you know, you're your own worst critic, right? Yeah. But um, constantly I'm like, oh yeah, no, I don't feel like that thing's good enough to put it on a canvas. But yeah, there's a few of those where people are like, oh, I'd love to get that. But yeah, who knows? One day, maybe. <laughs> I'm sort of just getting like introduced to like this online community of like people that do photography and stuff. And yeah. it seems like a lot of people are very like welcoming and like very like, enthusiastic and everyone's trying to help each other out there is probably a little bit of like i don't know there is competition though amongst them and there is a bit of envy and stuff like that but i think for the most part it's healthy so i don't know i I find it to be i don't know i'm I'm super intrigued by it i find it like very interesting and i'm hoping to talk to more people yeah uh, yeah i just sort of like i want to i think one of my goals now is sort of like to build up this community of people and sort of like i don't know help everyone kind of like get more prominent in a way yeah that that's just that positive support and supporting each other's success and stuff like that i feel like that's so important and yeah yeah i I love that idea yeah i know there's a handful of um people like i know for like on my own instagram that you know are are pretty like you know faithfully comment on my posts or will share my posts and whatnot you're like it's super like i'm super grateful to have that support it'd be nice to have like a yeah large those those, those people that, are right? the the unsung heroes shout out to Absolutely. those people <laughs> yeah yeah shout out to all of you yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> love those people yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. um i think i think we're gonna wind her down sounds I think, good i think that's good enough uh yeah um thank you for uh participating and coming on the podcast it's uh 
it's awesome of you to a Thank lot of people you. have some apprehension about doing this kind of stuff if they haven't done it before so i appreciate it um <laughs> do you do you want people to find you on instagram do you have do you want to give out you like some of your info or sure yeah i've got uh yeah my p- photography page on instagram is uh kristen so k-r-i-s-t-e-n underscore Heavener, H-E-A-V-E-N-E-R underscore photos. Um, yeah, anybody that uh, likes wildlife photography and northern light shots, I've got some other like random things in there too. But uh, yeah, I would love to, you know, get connected and stuff with more people. And I feel like it's a great community to like you learn from each other, support each other, can get ideas and just connect with people across not only the country, but the world. It's a great platform. and. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on here. Of course, yeah, like you get super nervous about, uh, I guess, talking and doing like interviews and stuff like that. But it's always like once you get talking and whatnot, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not all as bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to end it there.